0: Welcome to the Humanizing Work Show podcast, where we dig into topics large and small related to our mission, which is to help make work more fit for humans and all of us humans more capable of doing great work. You can learn more about humanizing work at humanizingwork.com.
1: Welcome to the Humanizing Work Mailbag, where we answer questions from the Humanizing Work community.
0: If you've got a question for us, email us at mailbag at humanizingwork.com, and we'll see if we've got a good answer for you. We received this email to the mailbag headquarters. It said, I was in a one on one with my boss and I shared a problem I was observing on the team. She reminded me of her motto don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. The challenge was that I didn't have a solution. Should I wait to show the problem until I've come up with a solution?
1: This is one of those phrases that evokes the office style management to me and like immediately raises my hackles, but I have to slow down and think about, okay, what's the likely well-intentioned origin of this management (laughs) catchphrase? Somebody came up with this for a, what felt like a good reason. And I think if I try to put myself in their shoes and come up with the best case, I can imagine, and, and I've been in this situation occasionally, the leader who has team members who don't take the power that they have, and who just are thinking of you as the problem solver. So I I think the best intentioned goal here is I want my people to spend some time thinking about problems before we talk. I want them to use the power they have instead of just being a powerless victim to everything and not see me as the person who always has to swoop in and save them. And So there's a well-intentioned thing about team empowerment and capability, and I appreciate that. That's not usually how it plays out, though.
0: Yeah, I think that there are some negative side effects that come up when somebody hears this from their manager. And I like to think this idea of a culture signal, which we've talked about quite a bit on the podcast and on the show, that our actions speak louder than our words. And people are always looking for signals for what's expected around here. And culture signals always have an intended thing that we're communicating, like a benefit. This is what matters here, a positive side to it and often communicate the thing we're willing to get worse at. And I think in this case, there is something that we don't think of that we might get worse at if we use this phrase a lot. There are some negative side effects. Uh, And those can look like people never sharing what they're noticing, even if they're important things for somebody to be aware of. I don't share it. I'm just going to wait to bring it up until I can figure out how to solve it. It can send a signal that people don't think the manager's interested in being a a collaborator in solving problems, just having other people do it for them. And sometimes I think we value performing competence over transparency and collaborative problem solving. So there are some potential side effects to this that can make it go wrong, despite, I think, the well-intentioned positive benefits we can get from it.
1: Yeah. And I think there are a couple other longer term side effects. So that's kind of the immediate thing that happens in the moment. And then there's, I think, an effect of emphasizing and prioritizing certain kinds of problems and certain approaches to solving them. If you say this a lot, it teaches your team focus on the things that can be solved individually via deep thinking. And the things that are too difficult or complex for that Don't bring those up because you're just going to get smacked down for it. And long term, you end up either not hearing about things until they blow up or you get individuals or a team solving the same problem over and over again in isolation and miss an opportunity for system improvement. I've experienced this one before. I, I didn't communicate this message directly, but I think some people on my team knew I was busy and wanted to protect my focus and help me out. And I found out later they'd been doing some inefficient manual process over and over again. And I finally saw it and said, I don't want this. <laughs> Let's fix this system. You don't need to do this thing for me. So they were protecting me from having to see a problem, which I appreciate, but it meant that we let a broken system sit for a really long time. And that was an accidental, expression of that in a culture, I certainly don't want my actions to cause that as a leader.
0: Yeah. So let's look at this idea of, well, so what should we do instead from two lenses? One from the manager lens, one from somebody being told this by their manager. So if you're a manager and you've used this phrase, or like the original submitter said, that's their motto. How might you get the positive benefits of encouraging people to take initiative and solve problems without experiencing some of those side effects? And for this, I would look back to the three jobs of management as a model for this. Those three jobs, again, are to create clarity, to increase capability, and to improve the system, and then test whether any of those jobs might help the employee to work through the challenge more effectively. Like, how could I help create more clarity about the context of the problem they're trying to solve? What matters? What goals and expectations we should focus on as we try to solve it? I think a big one here is around increasing the capability, and that could be at the team level or at this individual level. So it might mean switching to more of a coaching stance where you ask questions to help them think through the problem and and any potential solutions, maybe doing some mentoring, either way focused on developing that person's problem-solving capabilities. It might even include, especially if the problem is best solved by a group of people, not by one. Maybe teach them how to get the right people in the room and then to facilitate an effective conversation using something like the ORID structure from the Art of Focus Conversation. Or that third job, improving the system. What system improvements might be needed to solve the problem? As Richard's example pointed out, sometimes we'll just solve the piece of it that we know how to solve rather than looking more systemically, either on the human side or the objective side. What do we need to do to get to a good solution here? We'll drop a link in the episode page in the show notes to learn more about the three jobs. If this is the first time you're hearing about that model.
1: Now let's flip over to the other side. If you hear this phrase from your boss, what do you do? Well, I would say first choose to hear the best version of it. They want you to be empowered to make things happen. So great. Uh, <laughs> from there, Think about how you could ask for their help in those three categories, the three jobs of management. What do you need more clarity about? What skills or capabilities could you use their help or mentorship on? What do they know about how the system works that may be helpful to you as you try to solve the problem? Or in what ways do they have the power to make system improvements where you don't? Notice, even if you're still effectively bringing a problem to your boss, this approach is gonna feel different compared to just throwing a problem in front of them. You're showing that you are already taking initiative to solve it and you're bringing them into the act of solving it versus just, here's a problem. What should we do? Finally, remember our favorite technique when you can't solve a problem, which is make it more visible. Don't just assume that the people who can do something about it, including your boss and maybe other colleagues, don't assume they see what you see and leverage a good visualization to make possible solutions more clear to you and to others who might be able to do something about it. If you can't fix it, make it visible.
0: If you enjoyed this episode and want more content like this, the best thing you can do is subscribe to the podcast and rate it on your favorite podcasting platform. We'd love it if you shared the podcast with friends, family, and coworkers that you think might benefit from learning more about how to make work more fit for humans and humans more capable of doing great work. If you want help humanizing your work, you can find out about our products and services at humanizingwork.com. We spend much of our lives working, so let's make that investment meaningful for us and all of the people connected to it.